Hey, hey, welcome back to Can I Eat This? I'm your host, Heather Horton, and this episode, we have Anna Vocino. She's the ultimate multi-hyphenate artist, I guess you could say. She is an actor, a voice artist, a comedian, and she is also the author of Eat Happy, Gluten-Free, Grain-Free, Low-Carb Recipes Made from Real Foods for a Joyful Life. And this, you guys, this book is amazing. I can't recommend it enough. And when we recorded, she, her second book, Eat Happy 2, was looking to come out March 12th. So just FYI, Eat Happy 2 is now going to be coming out in September. So no reason on that. We're putting this episode out anyway, but you guys go ahead and get Eat Happy. And then later in the year, Eat Happy 2 is coming out and you will not regret it. Okay. And we talk about, she's basically started her journey with food uh, when she was diagnosed with celiac. Actually, her mom was diagnosed first, and then she had the wherewithal to go to the doctor and be like, you guys, we need to check this out because my mom was just diagnosed. So she's fantastic. She shed some light on the diet roller coaster that a lot of actors go through and kind of what she went through personally. And she throws out some really great resources, books, podcasts, everything you can possibly imagine. Um, I, I just, I had the best time chatting with her. So please uh, give it a listen and check out the resources and check her out at com. And without further ado, Anna Vicino. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm here with Anna Vocino, uh, author. Well, hold on. She's a voice artist. She's a kick-ass voice artist, actor, comedian, and author of Eat Happy, Gluten-Free, Grain-Free, Low-Carb Recipes for a Joyful Life. I am happy. Um, I guess this is the best way to say it. And we got another book coming out pretty soon. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for thank, joining me. Thank you so much for having me. What's been going on lately, girl? What's been happening? Eat happy too is been consuming my life. All well, these all these recipes for the people. I appreciate you putting out the recipes for the people because <laughs> I was I am telling you I want to eat the book cuz the pictures I thank you for including Aww. the pictures because I just I can't they're del- everything looks so delicious. We'll get oh, to that in a second. Nice. Oh my that's god. Very nice. Thank you. So I want I want to find out I mean, okay, so everybody that I have on the podcast, everybody that I have on has has had s- some kind of kind of food situation in their life where their eating has been impacted. Mm. You know where whether uh, you know, they've been diagnosed with something or they changed something, you know, as far as how they're eating and it and it changed uh, kind of their life. What tell me uh what's going on with you? And let's just kind of <laughs> jump right into it. Well, I, yes, I've actually had like two, two phases, I suppose, of, of changing my dietary habits and the, and, uh, I, I would, I would venture to say they were both done reluctantly yet eventually embraced, but I don't know. I mean, I, now I've, I've, I want to say the word counseled, but I'm not a counselor, but I have advised and heard stories from literally tens of thousands of people from doing my podcast and having the book out. And I I think most of us have our little temper tantrum when we find out we have to change our diet. So I don't think I was alone in that. But what happened in 2002, I was diagnosed with celiac disease and I thought 
because I was out here being an actress in Los Angeles, I was like, well, I don't have pasta or bread. Like I never eat a sandwich. <laughs> you know, it's always salads. And I thought I wasn't getting the gluten poison. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the only cure for celiac is to not eat gluten. They don't know much about it. They don't know why the immune system decides to attack the villi in the small intestines and kill them off. The villi, if you remember back to like seventh grade biology, the villi are the the little like finger, like microscopic yeah. finger-like things that absorb all the nutrients when you eat your food. Yeah. And if those are being attacked and, and flattened, then uh, you don't absorb nutrients. So when I was 28 back in 2002 when I was diagnosed and I was also severely anemic, um, I had osteopenia. I basically had the bones of an 80-year-old woman at 28. Oh, my God. And uh, terrible gut stuff all the time. Uh, intestinal distress, I believe is how the ladies put it. <laughs> um, and, and terrible <laughs> asthma and allergies. And a little bit of that was environmental because moving out here from – Atlanta, it was different. Like, you know, you have mm -hmm. goldenrod allergies back east, but out here you have smog allergies. And so different things were activated. So I had no idea that what I was eating could be possibly be affecting my health. And the only remedy is just don't have gluten. And then hopefully the immune system will stop attacking the small intestines. So I did that and I felt better. A lot of things cleared up. The allergies cleared up. The asthma now only happens if I'm about to get like a really bad flu. So every couple of years, you know, when you get a flu, mm -hmm. I'll get an asthma attack right beforehand. Um, and that's how I know I'm about to get sick. Um, so that's a wonderful thing. It's not like I'm having asthma attacks every night like I was. And uh, intestinal distress 100% cleared up. And that was great. And then this thing started happening. I was like, well, I'm going to figure out because at the time there were like zero – tasty, gluten-free, pre-made options at the store. It's just nobody knew what it was. I had to, in fact, tell my doctor, hey, I need to be tested for this because my mom was diagnosed and it's hereditary. And I had to sit with the medical book, you know, where you look up the code of how to order the test. Mm -hmm. I had to sit and look it up with her because nobody had ever ordered that test with her. Oh, wow. And, you know what I mean? And that was 2002. Now there's a lot more education about it. But um, <clears throat> then I was like, well, I'm going to make I'm going to make a lasagna that's gluten-free. I'm going to make red velvet cake that's gluten-free. I'm going to make whoopie pies that are gluten-free. Key lime pie, everything. And I'm going to blog about it. And I was gluten-free Anna. And then everything was great because I made the best gluten-free treats ever. And also because at the store, they, they would have like these gluten-free cookies at Whole Foods. And it was like $17 for like the tiniest bag of cookies that tasted like sand. They were sand cookies. <laughs> and I was like, come on. It, let's be honest. Uh, the gluten-free options early on were pretty terrible. Pretty, pretty bad. Terrible. The Just, pasta was – it was dreadful. And it's funny because I thought because when I'm in actress diet mode, I was like, I don't eat pasta. But then I realized like the moment I gave it up, the moment I had to not eat gluten anymore, I was throwing a temper tantrum. I was like, well, then I'm going to cook everything. And I did. And I ate it all. And I slowly started putting on weight. Um, and then about, when was it? Not till 2012, I met my friend Vinny Tortorich. I met up with him and he was like, I want to do a podcast. I have this book, this book he wrote called Fitness Confidential. And I was like, I'm not going to produce a podcast. It sounds like a lot of work. 
I'm not doing that. And he said, just go read my book. And I read his book and it's about his 35 plus years in the fitness industry out here in Los Angeles. And it was so good that I was like, sure, I'll work for free and do a podcast with you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was 2012 and we still do the podcast every week. And um, I've since written books. But what he taught me was NSNG, no sugars, no grains. And what I had done my whole life was like counting calories and counting fat grams Mm-hmm. And counting and counting and counting and then waffling in and out of being anorexic and, you know, and just like, okay, well, I have to shoot something in a month. Okay. Just starve yourself for a month. And then the moment we're like three days out from done being shooting, I can start eating again because it takes about three days to start gaining weight. Yeah. <laughs> like I had it down to a, it was a sickness. And, um, Vinny said, NSNG, no sugars, no grains. And, uh, I was like, really reluctant to try it because it it was a huge paradigm shift because it involves increasing the fat and decreasing the processed carbohydrates. And so I had a huge temper tantrum about that. (laughs) And now I'm done temper tantruming. I've lost weight. I feel better than I ever have. Stuff like this morning, I went to the dentist and I I have this thing that they have to work on in like a tooth that's been there for like 10 years, you know, one of those like Mm -hmm. perpetual things that like now they're like, you're 45, we have to work this out. But like, they always say like, we can't believe how good your gums are because my gums were really bad before I started doing this. They were receding so badly. Once I gave up sugars and grains, they stopped receding. Right. You know, things like that where you're like, I didn't even realize how sick I was making myself from eating so much processed foods. They were homemade processed foods, (laughs) but still. But but still. Holy cow. There's so much that There's we're going to unpack from what you just said. <laughs> yeah. That was that was perfect and <laughs> and I appreciate you. So we're going to we're just going to dive in cuz yeah. holy crap that was a lot. It's and a lot. I appreciate it. Yes. So, man, where do I start? Okay. Okay. I I would that's what one of the questions was going to be you just started cooking yourself. You just basically said I'm just going to do this cuz most people their first thought is what can I eat? And then, you know, can I eat this? And then they go to the store and they're just trying to figure out what can I just grab off the shelf that I can actually eat. But you were just like, nope, I'm just going to cook it. Here I go. And then you started making a whole bunch of stuff. I did go try to buy stuff. But first of all, it's super expensive. Pre-made stuff and pre-packaged stuff. You're paying for the labor of somebody else to make what you could just cut up yourself and cook in a pan. But yes, uh, you know, I did do that. And that's when I realized I was like, I'm not going to eat sand cookies and and rubbery pasta or whatever, or goo, you know, whatever that pasta tastes like. And I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I love to cook. So that helps. So I'm not afraid of a kitchen. I'm afraid, I'm not afraid to get in there and like try to work stuff out. And I, and I was trying, you know, when you, when you bake gluten-free, you have to come up, you have to figure out how to replicate the magic that is the gluten because the gluten is like this wonderful binder that makes cookies you know, or brownies like crisp on the outside, but cakey on the inside and, you know, in the chewiness, mm-hmm. that's gluten doing that. It's, it's really yeah. good at that. And it's, re- if you don't use that, it's very difficult to replicate. And uh, so I was just experimenting. I had, I've spent a fortune on fl- a sorghum flour and chickpea flour and tapioca starch and potato starch, like a bajillion, whatever they sold at Whole Foods, I bought all of it. And I actually found some really good companies out there making some nice products. And, uh, but the problem was for me, and I, and I think for a lot of Americans is that 
it doesn't matter if it's gluten-free, if you're still eating processed carbohydrates and you're get of a certain age, you can't handle it the way you could when you were in your 20s. And I started putting on weight. My insulin started spiking up. Um, I finally got an A1C of, gosh, what was it? 5.8. It was like right borderline pre-diabetic, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? Me? I don't even, that, that doesn't even run in my family. That's not like a thing. And they're like, oh, girl, it is a thing. And you have it. So <laughs> <laughs> pay attention. And it's, you know, it, so that it, NSNG came along right at the right time to save my life. And then obviously I changed all of my recipes. I changed the way that I eat. And now I have a cookbook, Eat Happy. That So it wasn't just the gluten-free. It was, the, it, it was for me turning grain-free to lower that insulin response. And for me personally, I am also 95% of the time dairy-free. Dairy is like my cheating when I know I'm going to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to eat that cream or whatever the dessert is, but I I'm, I mostly am dairy-free. But my recipes are kind of half and half because my audience likes the dairy. Yeah, and I feel like, well, well dairy is kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. And I when I first started kind of really not, I don't have it totally cut out cheese, but when the, when the cheese level dropped, Boy, my body was like, what are you doing? Because there's like an addiction level there. With there the is. Cheese. Oh, it's an addiction. Yeah, completely. Oh, Same and thing you with- know what? Have you yeah. read The Plant Paradox by Stephen Gundry, Dr. Gundry? No, and I've heard of that. I need, to, that I need to write that down. Okay. Because he talks about how there's a different strain of casein, which is one of the proteins in milk. And I, t- I tested, I, I've done, a, I found a great functional medicine doctor out in Thousand Oaks. And, and I, I always use her as an excuse to have podcast content. And I've tested everything you possibly test, stool, saliva, uh, urine, blood, like, and I've done a bajillion tests. And one of them actually said, I've done several different food allergy tests and I test very poorly with dairy. So mm. that's why I really have to be careful because that was another thing we found out that the dairy was actually inciting the autoimmune response on my gut. So it's for a lot of celiacs, they find out they not only have to cut out gluten, but they also have to cut out dairy because of what's called um, cross-reacting because the the molecules are so similar, it sets off the autoimmune response. Anyway. Uh, okay. Quick PSA for yes. people listening. For sure, get all of this tested. Please don't just say, ooh, I've got this allergy, and you oh, don't totally know 100%. Yeah, totally get tested. Please get tested, because I'm that drives me insane when people tell me, oh, I'm pretty sure I have this, but please you go know, find out. I think it's easier than doing an elimination diet. I don't have the patience for an elimination diet. Like, right. I just want to know, what are you allergic <laughs> to? I'll cut that offending thing out, because I don't want to do a thing where you you can't eat anything for like two weeks, and then you can introduce you know, a lentil. And then see if you react. Like, no, Let's thank you. Let's try a bean. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, we yeah. have modern science for a reason. And uh, use sure. it. Use it as best. And and also, too, I know that, that I've done a test through that company that was on Shark Tank, Everly Well. They have a pretty, you know, the, when I paid for the really expensive test through Cyrex Labs, and then I paid for the the pedestrian test through Everly Well, they ha- I got the exact same results. You know, oh, so I was like, get the yeah. $175 one, which listen, I'm not saying that that's not a lot of money. It is. But if you need to figure out what your health is, that's an expense that's worth it. Totally. Yeah. Especially if you're having some stuff going on for sure. And what, I, I mean, here's the thing. I've talked to other people with celiac and, and it's just, just the horror stories of what you guys go through. What are the, some of the differences that you've found just talking with other people or doing all your research? Like mm. you might have something different than another person with celiac might have. I mean, yes. obviously the gluten there, thing is the common thread, but what can you tell me some of the differences that you guys might? I think celiac.org 
is this is the best website to look at if you think that you might have the symptoms of celiac because they list them all there. But you know, the number one thing, the number one symptom of celiac disease is uh, migraines or migraine headaches. And I do not, I've never, I've had one migraine in my entire life. And uh, so that's just not one I had. But uh, skin rashes, uh, there's a particularly... Uh, there's a skin rash that's very particular to celiacs called dermatitis herpetiformis. Mm. And um, it's basically when you eat gluten, your, your, your skin is trying to expel it. And it makes these kind of just the itchiest rash you ever had in your life. And you can get it in your inner thighs. I get it when I have soy sauce at like an Asian restaurant. So I have to be really careful not to have that. So, yeah. and it's so gross. Like, um, it's, and it's <laughs> like, like well, hey guys, like, sorry. Yeah, I know. And when I go to sushi, I'm like, I know I'm walking into like the gluten bombs, but I want my sushi. Just don't put any soy sauce on it. Yeah. No ponzu. So yeah, skin rashes, depression is a big one. Oh, wow. And that is, that was one, a symptom my mom had for her entire life. She had the skin rashes, the depression. Uh, she was a severely anemic. She wasn't producing enough blood. So she had to go in and have blood transfusions every couple of months. Not even transfusions. They were just not, they weren't, you know what I mean? They were just giving her blood. Yeah. And, and, and uh, so she had celiac. When did she, she had when was she, when was she diagnosed? Also 2002. And that's when oh I found gosh. out I had to go, uh, get tested because it's hereditary. How and old was she when she found out? 58. And I was oh 28. I know. And I I just look back on her life and I think, oh man, it could have been so much better if she had known this yes. because she was, she was not well in a lot of ways. And uh, she was much better after giving up the gluten. But I, I think, I think her health was compromised, you know, and then when it came, when it was towards the end, which was four years ago, she was, she had kidney failure a bunch of times. She had, you know, stuff that like could have been more supported and preventable if she had not had an autoimmune disease undiagnosed for 58 years. Right. You know? Oh my God. It was, it was intense. And then she, and she wound up ultimately getting a, a MRSA infection from getting a, a heart valve replacement. And yeah. again, that's a serious surgery but I think she's more. She was more vulnerable to being sick because she was always so sick, right? You know, so that was a sad, you know. So I thought, well, okay, I have a chance. I was diagnosed early, so let's not screw this up. You know, Completely. yeah. Like, and you jumped right in. Yeah. It, hey, you guys, if you get uh, Anna's book, uh, the eat the first eat happy book, um, she's got and her mother is adorable and she's got a picture she, her dedication is to her mom which i love by the way that's so fantastic. yes um just go and look at her she's just adorable little peach she is she is a little virginia uh, peach <laughs> just sitting there at her in her garden oh you know what i was going to say too about the um the stephen gundry book he said that yeah. there that european cows have a different strain of casein of a protein that's found in milk than American cows that have the A1 strain. And then there's like the A2 strain in the European ones. And now I've seen ads for A2 milk. So it's milk made from that strain. Yes. And and people, you know, who say, oh, I went to Paris and I had the, you know, the, uh, the gas station brie cheese and it was amazing, you know, yeah. and it could be because of that. So I, I'm very intrigued by there being, I'm just trying to justify my addiction. <laughs> no, I, I no, I'm cheese. 
I hear you. I've cheese all day for me. Um, yeah, no, no. I I've been seeing the two. Yeah, the um, the commercials and all the different things for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. I got to get this book. It's it a, it's an interesting book. Hey, listen, he states his case very strongly, and whenever I read a book where somebody states a case that strongly, I raise an eyebrow. However, mm-hmm. he he makes a pretty good case, and he's not. Yeah. He's basically saying cut out sugars and cut out grains, but you may also have to cut out legumes. You may also have to cut out dairy. You may also... So I kind of agree with what he's saying. And you can do it plant-based if you want to, or you could do it keto if you want to. It's just, uh, you know, take what a look he, at it. Well, I'm going to take a look at it, but I'm going to ask you this because you've read it. What um, I've been seeing a lot of um, articles and, and whatnot lately, or the last several years, about how the human gut that we respond that obviously we're you know we're we've, we're still meat eaters, but we are responding much better now to a plant based diet. Yeah. Our, our our current gut, what it's evolved to. Yeah, what, I, he, what are you knowing about this, and what is he saying in there? I he's basically not. He's saying that that's not true because what okay. he's saying is that too many plants, and particularly when people are plant-based, they're eating a lot of grains and they're eating a lot of legumes and those contain irritants because uh, lectins, and then I can't remember the other word, begins with a P. I would know it if I saw it, but um, grains and legumes are very reliable protein sources for people who are plant-based, but they can be very irritating so he takes them out. So I would, that's why I was saying, like, I would just say, read the book and yeah, then see, yeah. but the, pro, like, whenever I've done plant-based stuff for me personally, it's tiring to have to cook all the, I, I have to cook like volumes of vegetables, like just pounds of vegetables. Right. And I've done, I've done like three weeks, you know, of just vegetables and a lot of raw and stuff. And it does require a lot of constant cooking and, and, and uh, constant prep. Um, not the raw so much, but you know, when you're eating the vegetables and, uh, and then I found that very quickly, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to have that quinoa. Screw it. I'm just going to, now quinoa I know is a seed, but it still can be irritating to the gut. Um, yeah, I'm just going to have that pasta. That's, you know, I'm just going to have a bunch of potatoes. I'm just going to, you know, and then you get into that tricky territory of raising your insulin, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's not just irritating to the gut, but it's also you can raise your insulin and grains and potatoes can raise your insulin and sustain them longer. So it can be a little more uh, tricky. So plant-based is always doable, but it just, requ- I think it requires a lot, a, a lot more disciplined yeah, of a, a person more, than I am. <laughs> a little bit more in there. Yeah. just was curious because, you know, um, you know, just the with meat. Well, I mean, we always want to try to buy responsible meat. Um, well, I think yeah. that's the issue, isn't it? It's the meat industry yeah. has gotten crazy, and they feed the cows the corn and the soy. They feed the cows the corn and the soy and all the antibiotics, right? Yeah. So that's what's fattening them up, and then we're eating that fat, and then we, it, we get it absorbed into our fat. And by the way, if they're fattening up cows with corn, what do you think is going to happen to humans if we eat a bunch of corn? The right. same thing. That's how you fatten people and everybody up. That's what they do for goose liver pate. They feed them a lot of of corn and grains to get that fatty liver. They're basically giving geese fatty liver disease. And then we're like, mm, yum. And, and then wondering like, why delicious. we have it. You know? Right, right. From non-alcoholic. We, we have so much non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Right. So From a lot of goose pate. There you go. A lot of, all that goose pate. Too much um, goose pate. So yeah. I... I I get the feeling that you learned, you've been obviously 
God, were you one of the, were you a kid that was always in the kitchen with your mom? Like just learning well, all the stuff and. That's a very good question. When she was able to be in the kitchen, I 100% was in there. You know, I was raised by a single mom and not only did she have a crazy long day job, she came home at night and immediately taught piano for like four to five hours every night. And I was on my own. Yeah. And I taught myself as much as I possibly could. And the only channel I was allowed to watch as a kid was PBS. And so I watched Julia Child and I watched The Frugal Gourmet. And my, <laughs> my mom was, uh, she wound up going back to school to become a United Methodist minister, but we were into Methodist church. And she, she said, you're allowed to watch The Frugal Gourmet because he used to be a Methodist minister. <laughs> So I would watch it and I would be like, how can I make something delicious? And I'd look at our fridge and we had steakums and like, you know what I mean? Just like not, yeah. just not, like minute rice and steak. So I'd be trying to like create something that looked gourmet, like what they were making out of steakums and minute rice and cheddar cheese. So no, so no Julia Childs. Was it because she was possibly a spy? No, no, I, I was allowed to watch Julia Child. Oh, she okay. was, she was respectable enough. She was a good role model. <laughs> Oh my God. So I would every sneak time I hear TV. Julia Child. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You sneak TV when you're a oh, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, Julia I just think I shouldn't have seen it at certain ages. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Julia Childs, when I think of her, I think of of course the SNL with Dan Aykroyd and the uh, Amazing cutting off the, the fingers. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Um I I just I I can't praise you enough for these recipes. I grabbed okay, so you guys I didn't know if I was going to get a copy of the book. I'm going to definitely order it for my own, but this is a friend's no, copy. No, let me give I'm going to give it to you. So I I just oh. I'll give it to you. That's oh, okay. That's the perk. You got to get the perk. That's the, per <laughs> that's the perk of having a podcast. You get free stuff this from the like, people oh. you interview. Oh, this is great. I yeah, like yeah, this yeah. kind I'll of thing. Book. I like I like perks. Um yeah, so I'm looking at a friend a friend's book and I was telling Anna prior to us uh, in our little pre-chat here that I just want to eat the book because the pictures are so lovely. That's really there nice. Are, Thank oh you. my God. I mean, chicken parm. Okay. And here's what I, here's what I noticed because mm -hmm. because I was not the kid growing up in the kitchen. I did not sneaky peek the frugal gourmet. I did not watch those right. things. I was outside beating up the boys. That's awesome. And, you know, doing, I was doing, uh, things outside and being ridiculously tomboy and and playing football and that kind of thing. That's great. Um, so I was not where my sister. She was out there too, but she was mostly in the kitchen with my mom. So I'm not a great cook, but I f I find that these are doable for me. Yes. Like people, someone like me. Yes. That I'm like I'm I'm overwhelmed sometimes in a kitchen, and I just want something super simple. I feel like these recipes are doable. Yes. I mean. You, yeah, I mean, how listen, much, these are I, years, right? Years of thing. you coming up with stuff. Years of me coming up with stuff, but also like, these are the things that I like to make. And then I just adjusted a lot of them to be grain and sugar free. And in fact, but, but I will say this because there's a low carb community that's very popular right now. The keto community is very, they're, they're having a big upswing and they mm -hmm. love their processed sweeteners because they still want to be able to make desserts with processed sweeteners. And my philosophy, which basically is Vinny's philosophy, is don't eat any of that. Get off that sugar train, even like the fake sweetener, which by the way, I think always tastes like ass, like gross. <laughs> I'd, I personally would rather have a dessert 
made and what I what I have eight out of the twelve dessert chapter recipes are made with the least amount of sugar possible to make the recipe work. So if they're still designed to be a treat, but it's made of real food. I, I, that's very important to me. So these, to answer your question though, all of these recipes, I'm a home cook. I'm a mom. I don't have time. Like when I first was diagnosed with celiac, I was making three meals. I was making a meal for my two-year-old daughter, a meal for my husband who could still eat regular food and a meal for me. And that is the biggest waste of time. I would tell every parent out there, it's mostly the moms who are like, I'm going to please everybody. But like, if you're a dad and you're doing that, just stop, just yeah, stop the madness. And if you have this certain way to eat, this is not a restrictive way to eat. You're looking at the chicken parm thing. There's That's delicious. Like you're not missing out on anything by eating this chicken parm no. and by cooking this no. for your family. So I'm a home cook. I'm not doing chefy chef stuff. And in fact, I go out of my way to make sure that all the ingredients are something you would find in a grocery store in Iowa, or at least you can order from Amazon. Because I know that when this book came out, almond flour, for example, wasn't widely available yet. Um, Now I think it is more in middle America. You can get stuff, but it was very important to me for everything to be accessible. Totally. And, um, yeah, I think you're right with the almond flour because we're constantly looking on on Amazon for yeah, this. Yeah, now stuff. you can get it online. It's, it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much easier. But you guys, yeah, hey, there's a brisket. I'm just I'm just mm-hmm. telling you, there's oh, a brisket. I love that brisket. And there's some ribs. There's little little BBQ ribs and some short ribs. I am like cauliflower tots. Those are one oh of my, my favorites. God, yeah. So what you? I I like that you're using the cauliflower. So that's been yeah. that's obviously a thing over the last several years, the cauliflower option. And you've got, you've got some things in here for that. Cauliflower pizza crust, an almond flour pizza crust. There are two different pizza crust recipes. And there's going to be another one coming out in the next book uh, with pork rinds, Um, which by the way, I was like, this is going to be disgusting because pork rinds, ew, I'm not a fan. And then I made the, I invented the pizza crust. I was like, oh, this is really good. (laughs) And I was like, this is almost too good. Like it was it was major. Anyway. And here's the thing. Yeah, Anna and I are both from the South, so we enjoy eating. And the fact that we're yes. both in L.A. now and we're actors and we're supposed to be, like she said, we're supposed to be. Just have a salad. I'm just so I full just from my salad. What a Brussels sprout. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we're constantly hit in the face with, I mean, my friend came to visit. She goes, oh, my God, it's just beautiful people everywhere. Yeah, uh, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and everyone, my friend came from eating. Atlanta, and she goes, everybody drives a Mercedes and a BMW. I was like, I know. It's crazy. The rest of the country is not like this. And trust me, none of them no. can afford it. No, they can't. And occasionally you see a Bentley, and yeah. you're like, oh, there's a Rolls. Yeah. I mean, and I Maserati see a Rolls at like, least once a year. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> It's not like that anywhere else. It's so weird. It's a weird no. place to live. I mean, I see, I probably see the Rolls Royce from the Eddie Murphy movies back in the day when I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, that looks like that one. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. the, the, the guy is old enough to have That's been from that movie. places. Rolls yep. Royce. Yep. <laughs> totally. <laughs> see, I couldn't even think of the name of the movie. There you go. I'm, I'm a horrible comedian. Um, okay. Okay. I just want to say one more thing and then we're going to move on. I can't, I'm serious with this book, you guys. Almond butter cups. Okay, I'm just gonna put that out oh, there. Oh yeah, those are good. Almond butter cups. Well, and they don't have sugar in them, so like if you like need a snack, you could actually legit eat that for a snack and not be like. What you know are what you I mean? doing for your? You talk about the keto people, which keto, like you said, it's a huge trend right now, and who knows how long yes. that'll last. But what what do you and Vinny 
what are you suggesting for the sugar if you have to use sugar and something? What are you oh, do you do well, that's sugar a good question. or and, something that? And also, you know, I do want to be clear. I am I have been in ketosis probably 80% of the time since 2013. So, yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. I just do it differently. And if I if I want to go have sushi and have some white rice, I will do that because I want to live my life. But I but I won't right. if I find myself having a little treat every day, there starts to be a problem and my blood sugar will spike and think so I have to keep it under control. However, I am I'm not yeah. one of those people who's like eating a stick of butter for a meal and making, you know, there's like Reese's peanut butter cup ready whip with fake sugar. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, here's There's the thing about fake anything. Really it's, I, I don't like it. I never have. It. And I remember doing Atkins in like 1996, which is hilarious to me because I was a tiny stick person. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go on a diet. <laughs> and, and I remember they said you could have sugar-free jello. And I sat at the Publix parking lot in Ansley Park, Ansley Mall, and sat and ate sugar-free jello. And it was so disgusting. And I, it just doesn't taste good. Here's the thing. If you cut out processed foods and you eat real food, your taste buds come back to you. It's a nice yes, thing. Yes, I was just – it is a nice thing. I was discussing this with someone else the other day that it, it for sure oh, – when you start cutting some stuff out, yeah, it just – things just kind of come it's alive nice. a little bit differently. And then you you don't crave the other stuff. No, you don't. And in fact, I wrote about this in the first book. I was at a party like about a year or so after I started doing this and I ate, I ate a strawberry like they had the thing and you know with the strawberries out and I ate a strawberry yeah. and they were in season but I was like, "Oh my god, you guys, this strawberry tastes like candy." <laughs> and my friend just looked at me like, "Um, no candy tastes like candy." <laughs> I was like, "No, it does. It really does. It's delicious." Like, and I was like, "All right, calm down." Keep it to yourself. <laughs> like, just this is the best strawberry on the planet. It was so good. Oh my god! But that, but that's you know, fruit is a treat, and and when you taste it, yeah. you you realize because when I was little, my grandmother would be like, "You can have an." You, I'm hungry. I want a snack. We'll have an apple. No, I want cookies. I just all you want is cookies. <laughs> you know, you don't want an apple. Yeah. And now I'm like, ooh, apples! What a treat. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's but I was that's just some what Okay, what, what sugar do really you use? I like, listen, if you use white refined sugar and you're using them, it, using it for to make a treat because it's your birthday or your significant other's birthday and you're making a little treat and you, you I would venture to say this. You could take any traditional recipe, uh, my favorites, Ina Garten, Nigella Lawson, who makes the good desserts? Um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Jamie Oliver. You could take their dessert recipes mm. and cut the sugar in half and the dessert recipe would still taste amazing. You could yeah. cut the sugar in half and that's a, you know, if, and you still have a treat, but it's not too crazy with the sugar. Um, I personally like using, I switch up using coconut sugar, maple syrup, and um, raw honey. Those are generally my go. Oh, I've been using coconut nectar lately, so you'll see a lot of that okay. in the next book that's coming out. Uh, okay. And then a, a new thing I just saw at the grocery store. It's probably not new. I just happened to see it. Uh, is date syrup? I I I I do like grinding up. You can soak dates overnight and grind it up. You know, with the mortar and pestle. 
and make a yep. date paste. And I, that's, uh, I have a new recipe. It's similar to the almond butter cups, but it's uh, these little almond balls that are covered in dark chocolate, but they use date paste as a sweetener. And I do like that because I feel like, eh, you're eating a date, like it's real food. Hey, yeah. you know? Nice. So those are those are kind of my go-tos for desserts. Nice. Yeah, no, I've, I've, um, we've been experimenting with the coconut sugar. That's okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not too curious. sweet. It's very brown sugar-esque. It's not mm-hmm. too sweet. So you have to kind of figure – I kind of like using now a mix of coconut sugar and something else because coconut sugar can sometimes be like, oh, I'm using so much because it's just so not sweet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, what is coconut. Uh, what's uh, you and Vinny, your podcast, what's it called? So everybody oh, the podcast is also called Fitness Confidential. And okay. um, we talk about all kinds of things. And he's great because he'll he'll do things like, hey, let's talk about – um, just doing a leg routine, you know? And so you just listen and you're like, okay, got a new leg routine. That's cool. And then other times we'll just BS about the BS that's in the news. There's so much false information out there. And we do like to, uh, debunk myths. Nice. So you guys yeah. just kind of, yeah, you just kind of chat back and forth. on what's Yeah, it's going very on. fun. I mean, listen, after six and a half, seven years of doing this, there's only so many ways that you can say, don't eat processed foods and move your body. Like the, those are the secrets, you guys. And whether right. or not you choose to eat dairy or meat or plants or whatever is up to you, and whether or not you choose to run a marathon or lift some weights or do high-intensity interval training, it's up to you. But just don't eat processed foods. Move your body. That's it. Well, I think I think we've pretty much – we've gone from – we've touched on celiac, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of how you started on this journey. But, man, we've hit some – we've hit some really important stuff too, which is, you know, the sugar I, – I mean – we we could have gone down a different path with inflammatory diets, but we're not going to do it. That's but I'm true. just saying, we'll save I that mean, for the next we'll, round. We'll, that's right. We'll do it when you when the second book. Well, hey, when's the second book coming out? By the way, uh, March twelfth. Nice. Okay, yeah. March twelfth. Both of them are on Amazon, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Maybe in your local Barnes and Noble, but maybe not. Sometimes I've heard it's there. Sometimes I've heard it's not. It's it's a it's a guessing game. Okay. I mean, with traditional publishing, we don't yes. know. Just go you know, to if you if you just want to roll the dice and and have a day out at bar, I mean, go for it. Go out go into on a, a brick tour and mortar. Of Barnes and Nobles in your town if you can find any left. Totally. I mean, it's a, you could go on a journey. Go yeah. go eat. You know who road who trip, road trip. There you go. And uh, where can people find you online? Let's tell the peoples. I am online at AnnaVicino.com, on Instagram at AnnaVicino, and Twitter and Facebook also at AnnaVicino. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Thank you so much, Heather. <laughs> Thanks for asking. You're you're very welcome. And and once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having this. me. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. <laughs>